0: What up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode on the Lao Times podcast. We got a full house again tonight. Lots to talk about and after Super Bowl weekend. So uh be mindful of that. We've got a little special section to talk about Super Bowl. Um Lou, how we doing, brother?
1: What's up, guys? Great to be here. Uh, we survived another Super Bowl. It was actually a great one. So happy to be back with you guys.
0: Absolutely. Good to have you back, Mr. Theaters English.
2: Double O-Nation, Mr. Edgar in the house. What's up, brother? What's up, guys? Pleasure to be with you all. As always, happy to talk about Theaters. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
0: And lastly,
2: Dennis.
0: What are you munching on, bro? Is are that the cookies?
3: Yes, I'm happy because I have two packages of Caramel Delights uh, Girl Scout cookies. I love it. This is the best time of year. Like... These are the best things ever, so I'm pretty happy right now.
0: Cool, cool, cool.
3: Um, obviously
0: we got lots to talk about. We got the Vancouver first game that we played in Victoria, Canada. Um, and then we'll have some action about uh the, the femenil, the Tigres femenil game against Toluca, where they had seven goals. And then lastly, you know, going into the next Vancouver game. And the victory against Santos. So, lots to talk about. Lots to talk about for sure. But I want to start and talk about a little bit about the Super Bowl, guys. You know, I want to know what was your favorite part about this year's Super Bowl? And some either appetizer food that you had that you can talk about. So, uh, we'll
2: start with you, Edgar. Best part about the Super Bowl was when it was over. Yikes. (laughs) ha. Yeah, I'm not huge into NFL football. Um, From the rip. As I mentioned in the chat, I roast every team equally. So
1: uh, don't take true. it personal
2: if I ever insult your team. I insult all of them. Um no, but it was actually it was a good good game. I was entertained. Halftime was also pretty good. I had lower expectations for it, but I thought it was a good good performance.
0: What about some food? What did you have for food?
2: Guac, chips and guac, of course. That's all I was much on. My man.
0: Uh, Dennis, how was your Super Bowl experience?
3: It was pretty good. Uh, I thought the game ended up being great at the end. And as I said on my show last week, never doubt 15. What happened? 15 was, was not too good. Yeah, denied. you called
1: it, Dennis. I, 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 watched, I heard that episode, and you did call that.
3: I did. Shout out uh, Rasheed Rice, Chiefs wide receiver. He is a, a local boy. Uh, actually went to my rival high school. And so I have some, some buddies that know him and he's just very highly spoken of in, in my circle. So, um, I'm happy for him. Um, I really enjoyed the halftime show, big usher guy over here. Um, I, I thought it was very well executed and all the guests were, were very rightly, uh, you know, deserved and well-placed, uh, especially little John at the end. Of course you, you can't have, yeah, without little John, um, <laughs> not even close. And then for food, okay, so we bought we bought mod pizza like my family and I did before the game. And so that was like dinner one, and then dinner two was at my buddy's house and he had made some like spare ribs and some somebody else brought wings and then my other buddy brought his like famous buffalo chicken dip. And so between all that, I was just sad. Ooh, I had a, a pretty full full stomach even today. I didn't eat much today just cuz I ate so much last night. So
0: Good deal, good deal, Lou. I saw it on Twitter, brother. You had so much elegancy and, you know, exquisite food on the grill.
1: Man, those those steaks were on point, man. They were so delicious. And obviously I had to tweet at you because you are the the master, the grill master in this in this group. So, I was like if if I can get a thumbs up from Arnoldo, I know it's good. But yeah, they were on point, man. We we really enjoyed those steaks and I gotta say the Super Bowl was great, man. I thought it was really well-rounded. Good amount of defense, good amount of offense, great play calling by both coaches. That last drive was phenomenal. It had everything. It was a fourth and one there, you know, fourth and inches, and uh, Kansas City converted, and then they drove the entire way to to cap it all off and win the Super Bowl. And you know, it was it was great, well well contested. I thought both teams were great, and I'm I'm with Dennis. The halftime show was good uh i've heard some people kind of saying usher's too old but i don't see a lot of guys that age that can move like him so props to him and i thought he had good supporting cast so overall i think it was a great super bowl
0: cool 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 uh quite a special one too because monterrey got a shout out there was a watch party going on in monterrey so that was pretty cool i was with a, a bunch of friends and uh they were you know they were uh, shouting whenever that happened because you know they know the importance that it has for me, uh, being my hometown and whatnot. So that was really cool. Um, I did see a lot of negative feedback about the um uh, the halftime show, but more from Los Paisas, uh, you know, south of the border. I, I I it was really interesting to watch all the hate that Usher was getting, but I think it was just me more so because they probably didn't relate as much to Usher as a general population. I saw a bunch of people was like. They forgot about getting rock people at the at the you know like a rock bands at the super bowl halftime show and i was like man like i get it like i understand the perception and the point of view like accommodating you as well from a a selfish perspective but i was like that would not sell well at a super bowl anymore i feel like it's all about pop you know uh hip-hop and entertainment so um I thought it was good. You know, i i I've seen better ones, but I thought it was really good. And I really, I I mean, I listened to Usher when I was a lot younger, so it was cool. I thought that he did an awesome job, and uh, he he kept it, you know, how Usher would do it and bring it along as many guests. So, cool experience for sure. Um, and when are we
3: gonna get a When are we gonna get a Tigres del Norte halftime show? That's the that's the real question.
0: Yeah, for sure. We have need some regional Mexicano in there, especially with boom, how it's booming right now. But <laughs> let's move on to the other type of football, the soccer uh, that some people. The like real football. The real do. football as people. Um, by the way, I saw also a lot of videos um, since it was Super Bowl weekend. But now it's really interesting how the question was posed that many fans out of the Super Bowl, like what was a bigger event? either the Super Bowl and the World Cup. And a lot of fans truly believe the Super Bowl is the bigger event, which is very interesting, uh, especially if you look at the numbers. But uh, some of the responses... Not even close. Yeah, no, absolutely not. But some of the responses were really, (laughs) really interesting. Like, I saw some that just mentioned, uh, yeah, I'm American. So, yeah, I think the Super Bowl is like, of course, you're going to say that, yes, of course. So, uh, anyways, that was quite interesting. But moving on to the squad that we follow Tigres Vancouver game in Victoria, if I'm not mistaken, because they were not able to play in their actual home stadium. Uh, not the best result, but the appearance of Mr. Liguilla, the King of the North, the, you know, Don Andre Pierre saved us or rescued us from a terrible result. So uh let's talk about a little bit about the rotations, Lou. Uh, we saw, the rotations that we had somewhat predicted in the previous episode, as far as the predictable lineup or the predicted lineup. Um, talk to me about your impressions overall uh, about the team that was selected and then get into some of the play.
1: Well, I think we, we knew that the rotations were coming. We, we needed it because you know, the calendar stacked. It's completely full. We don't have a lot of breaks in between. So uh, you you going in you going you're traveling to Vancouver and then you're having to travel to uh, Santos on the road too in, in just three day span so you needed the rotations unfortunately the players that got rotated in it wasn't a great performance Diego Reyes was poor um, Guido was out due to injury and so uh, overall I think that the team looked sluggish there wasn't a lot of intensity it was a pretty poor 90 minutes overall I gotta say. We had two shots on goal, I think, the first half. Gignac and Carioca got one in in there. But other than that, there was just not a whole lot there to to get to rescue from that game. I think sivoldi um, probably could have made some adjustments early to to kind of give us a spark. And thankfully, we had Gignac who kind of saved the day. But a really poor performance, I think, out there.
0: Yeah, I would have to agree. Yeah. Um... If you had to guess the three lowest uh, ratings of the match, um, who would you guess?
1: Diego Reyes, Angulo, and maybe...
2: Quiñones. Yeah, Quiñones, yeah.
0: Two out of three, not bad. Um, Diego Reyes on the money. Jesus Angolo on the money. The other one was Juan Pablo Vigón. Luis Quinones had a higher rating uh, in the match, according to statistics of Sofa Score. Um, Edgar, impressions of Osiel Herrera getting his chance at the starting lineup um, after we've been asking for him for so long. Um, what uh, what were your uh,
2: impressions and and you know overall? Thoughts of his performance? So not one hundred percent convinced. I feel like he just delivers more when he comes on as a as a sub. He didn't do horrible, but I did expect a little bit more. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know why he's been serving more as a super sub as as opposed to, I guess what you could say you saw it at last coming from him.
0: Yeah, I w- I would say that <sighs> he's. I don't know. I feel like he doesn't look comfortable at times, but I think it's not necessarily. I think he just needs more minutes overall. I I don't think he's totally match form, and so I think he struggles with the longevity of the game. But um, Dennis, what you thought overall about the uh, rotations and you know some of the performances from the match?
3: Tough. Uh, I mentioned this in our group thread it looked like we were the ones who were starting their season with this game, not Vancouver. Vancouver came out with an intensity that you don't see, um, especially considering the circumstances that they were in first game of the season, not even in the real home stadium in a really cold night up there. And they look like they've been at it since, you know, August, honestly, like they looked really sharp, uh, a lot sharper than we did at various points of the game, which is which is shocking. Um obviously way more energetic, which that's to be expected. Um and as far as, you know, our guys go, um, none of the rotations surprised me, but it was disappointing to see a lot of those not being uh translated into, you know, better play. Um I feel bad for Vigone because I thought that this was a good game for him to, to start, to give Gori a little bit of rest and then bring him on second half. And yet that didn't really inspire much of anything. Obviously we've talked about Reyes enough. He was a disaster. Uh, Quinones was a disaster. Uh, Osiel was our best player on the pitch until Guignac scored. So uh, he needs to play full 90 minutes, like consistently, like we were just talking about with his fitness, like, The reason why he hasn't, you know, gotten to that point is because I don't think there's been a time where he's played a full 90 minutes since he transferred over to us. Not that I remember. So I like to see that at some point sooner than later. Uh, But other than that, I thought it was fine. Um, It's a, it's a tough environment, tough situation to go into. And so obviously getting any sort of result is a good thing. Uh, Not the greatest of results, but again, our King saves the day. So in the end. We, we got the away goal, and that puts us in a, a decent position to be in a couple of nights from now. For sure. Uh, some
0: stats from the game, 67% ball possession, Tigres favored, 17 shots and six shots on target overall for the game, and that has to do more with the second half, where the second half they looked a lot better. After you know. the subs. After the substitution. And you mentioned there's a few things that are, you, know, you guys point out. The whole thing would be gone. You know, it's been now multiple games where he's given, he's been given a shot to start and the team just does not look as good with Gorarian on the pitch. So, um, or without Gorarian on the pitch. So I think that that's, it sucks because you would think that he could probably step in. But I think that he just, the overall team, when there's five rotations like that, I think they don't look great. I think the rotations have to be more limited and, and a lot more consistent, so where you don't have to switch five, meaning the half the lineup, in order to uh, get some rotations in. So maybe do three-player rotation, even two-player rotation, but a lot more consistently and manage the subs a lot differently. Because I think Bigone gets caught in that. I think that Bigone, it's not necessarily in bad form, um, but it, he just does not look good with the whole overall team. so. I think it just sucks on his. Lou, something that you also mentioned last week is the yellow cards. One yellow card in this game. So we let basically Vancouver run back and forth on us. Like you've been mentioning, you know, showing more grit in terms of stopping and being more dirty with the play.
1: And compare that with Santos where they picked up a ton of yellow cards and we won 3-0. So it pays off to be a little more aggressive.
0: Absolutely. Um, The second half, you know, we had – we can you, does Quiñones step out. I can't recall if Quinones ended up stepping out. So Purata came in and Diego Laines, uh Nicolás Ibañez, Bruneta, and Gorrera.
3: Quinones came out for Nico Ibanez. It was the, late. It was later than we thought. It was okay. like in the 80th. Yes. Ten minutes ago. So in the
0: 65th, he took out uh Vigon, got Gorriarán in Córdoba in the same minute for Bruneta. Um or, you know, switch that. Roneta went in, Cordoba went out. And then 80th minute, Ibanez in, Quinones out. And then 90-plus, really no minutes, Linus for Osiel Herrera. So, better sub-management? What's going on with that lately?
1: Definitely needs to improve that. I, I thought that that game, the way they, they played the first half, I think, it was due up to make changes at halftime, so... You know, I think it was it was important to to make subs a lot earlier. I think he waited way too long on those subs. And and to me, to bring in Purata on the 90th minute, is a slap in the face. I hate I hate those types of subs. It it makes no sense whatsoever.
0: I feel like especially at our club where we, you know, have been focusing on the team unity and you know, the type of signings that are being brought in and You know, the overall success, I feel like for that to happen at Tigres, that doesn't leave a good taste in anybody's mouth as a fan, just because all the players are beloved by the fan base, you know, except, you know, Orrey nowadays. But um, other than that, like, it just sucks to see the player in that situation, especially for a player that, you know, we've been asking for more minutes. And, you know, the fan base as a whole has been asking for uh, more minutes because of the weakness in the line of defense uh, when it comes to the team so uh, obviously we have the second leg this coming week on Wednesday Uh, we're at home and what are we thinking do we think he continues to rotate some players Uh, who starts in you know the league on the weekend and you know who's going to start this game so uh, what are some initial thoughts Dennis there
3: I'm sorry, it was muted. Brunetta must start easy, like you're at home. You've been in the country for a while now. They got back what Thursday night, Friday, something like that, from uh, mm-hmm. from Canada. So, and he's coming off a spectacular performance uh, against uh, Santos, which I know we'll talk about here in a minute. So, it's painfully obvious to me that he needs to be in there. I would keep Osiel if at all possible. I c I kinda wanna see I know we've talked about it, but I would like to see that, that front line of uh Josiel, Sebastian, Brunetta, and Guignac. I, I would love for that to be the, the front four, if at all possible. Um if Guido's back, obviously put him and Samir back there. Um back there in the in the center back spot. Gori has to start. Um I think you can you can get away with rotating a little bit more in the league this weekend. This this t- score line is not comfortable enough to rotate as much. You have to put up, I think, your strongest possible eleven. So I'd like to see Goriaron in there from from the get go to kind of really set the tone energy wise. Other than that, everything can be pretty chalk. Um, Angulo at left, Chewy at, at right. Chewy's been great. Um, really really solid. Um, the last couple weeks, which has been, you know, great, you know, to fill in for Aquino has been really solid. So, yeah, I'd like to see Brunetta and Gorriarana from the start more than anything.
0: Lou, Dennis mentioned, you know, he prefers a, a, a stronger starting 11, you know, because of the results that you didn't bring from uh or from Canada. But you also have Cruz Azul this weekend. So, yeah. Well, how how do you approach the situation here? Do you rotate in in this game or you sort of don't want to say risk it, but, you know, use a more alternative selection with some of these players and you go attack the Cruz Azul game um, head on with uh, your strongest 11?
1: Yeah, I would go my strongest 11 versus Cruz Azul because I think it'll be a tougher matchup. We have the squad to beat Vancouver. Honestly, I would like to see him repeat the starting 11 that he used against Santos. I thought the back line did well enough to earn another shot at it in Vancouver. And that gives you the opportunity to then use Guido Pizarro yeah, for, for the Cruz Azul game. Uh, and so, to me, let those guys start and then hopefully score enough points in the first half to where you can now start bringing in uh, players that seen less minutes. You could You could give Marcelo Flores another shot. Uh, Cordova another shot and, and so kind of start to manage the game a little more but I think it's going to be important for us to score early and try to score at least two early on to just kind of seal the game
2: and then be able to rest our guys Edgar what do you think I agree with Lou I think uh, playing the same starting 11 that went out against Santos would be a good idea and uh, definitely have Purata we'll, we'll get into it in a second but he did a phenomenal job against Santos, I think, against Vancouver. It's the perfect opportunity where the stakes are just a little bit higher to see him in a starting eleven, uh, see what he's really got, if he can compete for a permanent spot against uh Reyes and Samid. But I like it.
0: Cool, cool. Um I think I don't I, I don't know if I would, you know, the only thing that I can't I don't think I would go the two forwards in this game. I think I'd go with one of the two forwards. Um, I agree. And truthfully, I think you let Gignac start since the game against Cruz Azul is on the road. Um, and so I think that you let Ibanez go to Mexico City, start the game, get majority of the minutes and let Gignac be at home and start the game. So I think Gignac starts, but I think it would be nice to see Brunetta instead of Cordova in this game. Um as as a two parent and see how they play because I think Brunetta at the time also has demonstrated that he he looks better when he's by himself at times. Uh, don't want to say it all the time, but I think he definitely shows that he can handle the responsibility in his own without Sebastian Cordova. And we have looked, you know, in good sequences, great with him being the lone um, attacking mid. So I would like to see that. Uh, I think you can start. You can get away with starting Nando and Vigo. Subbing on in case, uh, or once you have the game a little bit more under control and with a favorable scoreboard. But I give Osiel the shot and Quinones, since it's a league's cup game, I'm not a league's cup game, a CONCACAF, and then I'm with the back line of the game against Santos. I think you definitely let Purata start, um, in the middle, uh, with Samid and then, um, Chuy Garza and Angulo. I I like that lineup. And then you can go your traditional lineup and whatever you get as a reflection of the game against Vancouver at home. Whether you can, you know, give it an Ossie Herrera a shot, but I think he's, I think he's going to be the player to go to for CONCACAF. Especially since, you know, you got the travel, you got, you know, he doesn't get a lot of the minutes in the league. So I think that favors you there. So it'll be interesting. I think that you know, going into that game, um, it'll answer a lot more questions as to how we can manage moving forward, especially if we keep advancing.
1: Yeah, after this game, just for the stats, nerds, uh, that puts us at 30 wins, 17 draws, 13 losses, 101 goals scored, and 56 allowed. So pretty good overall in CONCACAF. I mean, we've, we've done well in the tournaments. We haven't brought, in, brought home a lot of hardware. But in the games we faced off against people, we've actually done pretty well. So, let's continue that. 17 curious. goals for Gignac, too. Let's not forget.
0: Surpassed
1: uh, the other Reggio Montano, So. Aldo de Nigris sin chupete
0: suazo.
3: Yeah. Curious to, see, curious to see how Vancouver comes out again this week, knowing that they have to chase goals. High pressure? Yeah. I I, I think it'll be a, a lot more of an open game, which I think – Helps us out a lot because we struggle a lot against the low block. And that's what, you know, attru- attributed to how weird last week was. They can't do that. I mean, if they want to get out of there, like they, it can't be a zero zero draw because then they're out. So, like, they have to, they have to chase the game. So let's see what happens there. And hopefully their goalie does not have another crack performance like how he did last week because he had a couple crazy saves. Uh, to to keep it at one one, um, instead of us getting a little bit more. So hopefully he doesn't turn into a Gallese, uh like last year in, in the home leg against Orlando, and we can get more than one past him.
0: And that's the frustration I have with the squad, um, when they don't you know dominate the teams that they need to, because then you know get into a position like you got yourself last year with Orlando, you know making a team look better than what they are, and you know. Vancouver is not a great team. Um, You know, they definitely did some damage against us and we lacked so many things that didn't allow us to have a great performance. Um, So definitely respect that aspect that they came out playing hard and were able to squeeze a tie against us. But I think it should implement their style and impose their, their game to where the game should be an easy you know, 2, two zero match with playing at home. So we'll see what that looks like uh, on Wednesday. Um, and hopefully we get the result. What are, what are the predictions we got going on there? Dennis, we'll start with you this time. 3-0.
3: Uh, wow. Faith. Edgar? Just because I think it's going to be an open game. That's the only
2: reason why. So I'm going go with a two to one. I think it'll be two zero up until like the 80th something, and then we're gonna get comfortable screw around. Something gets passed my way. That's really the only way they're gonna score. But I I see that happening just with the way we've been
0: playing. I hope you're really wrong about this because I'm gonna be very upset <laughs> that you manifested that.
1: Yeah. yeah, and I'm gonna add I'm gonna add to that as well It's two one, and I think they'll they'll give us a little scare towards the end, like. Cool. There'll be some crosses into the box. We won't defend very well. and Noel will have to make some impressive saves to keep us in the game, and we'll, we'll be hating life as usual. You know, it's Tigres in CONCACAF. I don't know if it's a lingering Tuca mentality, but we always play to the level of the competition.
0: Yeah, Tuca did not like playing in that tournament at all. But Jesus, I, I think... I don't even know if it's, we're going to get the 3-0 that Dennis came out with, but... 2 to 1 and we're already going to suffer? We haven't even started the match. Jeez. <laughs> we've had, we, we've suffered all all season long with performances that don't look good at times. Now I got to suffer again Vancouver. Come it's on, guys. It's our destiny,
1: man. It's our destiny.
0: I am going to push for a 2-0 victory on our on our behalf. So, um, that's what I think is going to happen. I don't think we're going to I think we're going to look boring at times, but hopefully not. But Two zero. I'm going with two zero. Um, that's that's about wraps it up for Concacaf. Um, we also had a Liga MX game, Santos on the road. Different performance there. Different starting lineup. Um, we'll talk. Let's see, come out with the starting lineup. Um, against Santos. Want to help me out there, Lou?
1: Yeah, so our our goalkeeper was Nahuel, and then we had the back line we talked about, Garza, right back, Burata, and Samir. our two center-back pairings, Angulo on the left, left full-back position, Carioca and Gorriarán at the five, and then we played with two strikers in Gignac and Ibanez, and then Bruneta and Lainez in the mid. So uh, it was an interesting lineup for sure. Not one we had seen from Siboldi in the past, so that was definitely interesting. And I got to say, I I did like it. I like that pairing. It was more of a three, five, two or a five, three, two, whatever you want to call that. But that was interesting. And, and I thought they, they played well together.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like Linus was dropping a lot more back in the position that I think um, some of us um, have seen that he has a lot of potential and does well at the left wing back spot. So um, I definitely saw that as well. I think that you know the lineup was more, you know, at times a back line of three, which we've also mentioned that it could be a possibility for us to look really good. Um, now the thing is you have Jesus Garza who didn't have the best game according to SofaScore, score, but you know, everybody had above sevens except Nando, Carioca, Jesús Garza, Nico Ibanez, and Gignac. Gignac and Nico had six point nine. Carioca had 6.5, Fernando Guerrero 6.7, and 6.9, Chuy Garza. So not a bad, necessarily, performance, but you have now a guy that can play and step up for Aquino and you help him out and don't expose him as much when you have three in the back. Same thing goes for Linus. He's more of a, a pet peeve, you know, constant bothering on the opposing winger or, you know, player that circles the area, whether that's an interior center mid or an attacking mid. So I really like them at that those two positions. So it seems like we got some strength now, again, at the right-back spot with Trigarza starting with the injury of Aquino. And then, you know, what we've talked about, the great improvement that Linus has had since he arrived at Tigres His defensive presence has been great. And so, um, Dennis, I know I mentioned the whole thing about uh, Brunetta looking a lot better on his own without Cordoba. What did you think of his performance? Obviously had two goals in the game. Um, You know, thoughts in general about Mr. Juan Brunetta. Oh, might have lost him. Huh? Uh,
3: Torreon, a place that he was at for, what, like a year or two? How long was he at Santos? Uh, not super long. And just an immaculate performance on the ball. The goals were great. Uh, He, you know, controlled the tempo of the game. It just, it just felt really fitting. Um, And of course we'll talk about this. I'm sure here in a little bit as well, but uh, more in depth, but it was kind of the the perfect time to play Santos because they're very uh, in a not great place as, as we know what happened right after the game and which they fired their coach. (laughs) So, or that he left. So, It was kind of a, not like, duh, like a, this is going to happen, but like, it felt pretty expected going into like, this could very well be a possibility of us kind of dominating and, you know, putting on a good shift. So I'm not saying that to take away from what uh, Brunetto or anybody on the team did, but that is a factor in this game. But for him specifically, it felt really fitting for him to, to go back to his old home and to put on a show for those fans one more time. Um, just a, a few weeks after leaving, so happy with him. And, and like you mentioned earlier, it's interesting to see him as the lone uh, 10 uh, in there kind of pulling the strings instead of him splitting that with Sebastian. I wonder how Seaboardly manages that going forward.
0: Well, with the calendar being heavy, like, you're almost forced, but at the same time, it's, an, it's a nice force of your hand because you can do really well. And you can see which pairing works best, whether the pairing of Brunetta and Gignac, Brunetta and Nico Ibanez, Cordoba and Gignac, which we've seen already quite a bit, Cordoba and, and you know, Ibanez. So I think, you know, with so many games, you have so much to explore in the back line of three now, uh, Purata's uh, insertion into the lineup. I think he has a, lot, a little bit to play with in terms of moving his players more around And, you know, like we talked about in the Vancouver game and, you know, um, people being upset that he comes onto the field, like he hasn't demonstrated much this season, Um, you know, a lot worse than in previous season where at least he's in there, creates an assist, takes on some players. He just looks stale this time around. And I'm talking about Mr. Orrey Quiñones. Um, He just... You know, I think Tessie Waldi just has more information to, to play with. I'm I'm not sure if, what you think about that, Lou. I think that he could be moving around it more.
1: Yeah, I, I mean it's great that we have so much depth and and as long as everybody can can handle the roles, it's fine. To me, part of Luis Quiñones' problem is that he has difficulty not being a starter. And so mentally it starts to wear on him. It starts to be an issue in the locker room. And, and so he's one of those dudes that if he's not in the starting 11, he, he loses his confidence and he's he's upset, he's angry, and that kind of messes things up. Um, but I'm with you. I'm, I love the fact that we have players that can play at different positions that have tactical flexibility that can be moved around. Um, and that allows you to play with your, with your starting 11s. It allows you to try different formations and different looks on different teams uh, so you become less predictable. Um, there's room for guys like Luis Quinones in there, but I think he he's going to have to shape up, especially mentally. He's going to have to improve uh, in order for him to get more minutes. I, I, what what we saw in, in Vancouver just is not acceptable, so I think he's going to have to improve in a lot of ways.
0: Do you remember when Chelito first arrived at Monterrey and he was like, you know, the dude, and then little yeah. over time, he became their sixth man, their seventh man, you know, in, in American sports terms. But he was still so effective, and I feel like that's where Luis Quinones is at now, Um, especially after, you know, watching these last few games. And, you know, I like to, you know, not, you know, I hate on the dude, but at the same time, I also know what he's done. So, like, I try to, like, you know, measure that as – Truly as possible, and I look at every game in the scenario of okay, how many minutes did you really get? How many touches? And so to be fair, like I wasn't necessarily sticking up for him, but at the same time, I understood that he still could have a role. And I feel like he struggles with the, like you said, being in the starting lineup and doesn't really know how to find a new identity for the team, which can still be effective. Like as I brought the example of Chelito, first arrived at Rayados, he was the dude, and then slowly over time. He became like how Damián Álvarez became for us and just be a guy that gets 10, 15 minutes and like, Let's go. Let's let's make it happen. But you see now Quiñones go onto the field, lose the ball, especially on that video. I can't, I don't know who was posting it. Uh, I think it was uh, the Miguel Ángel Garza parody account of him losing the ball on the sideline. Um, his effort at times looked like he's not trying. So, you know, in the past, the assist or two was the reason that he was being saved, you know, in terms of performances. So now that's not even happening and he just looks not focused and concentrated into the squad and the games.
1: And and I think that's the biggest issue with a lot of the fans is that the effort wasn't there. I mean, you look and and the effort just wasn't there for, for the entirety of the time he was on the pitch, you know, the 80, 80 minutes or whatever he was on the pitch. He, he just wasn't putting in the effort. And to me, in a game – in a situation where you potentially could be going home and we were up against the ropes for a little while in that game, especially in the second half in a situation where, you know, you give up a goal or two more and you could be, that could be it for the tournament. It's just, it's just not what the fans want to see from a guy who, who has had a lot of talent and has done a ton for the institution. Uh, moving forward, he just needs to put in the effort. I just, I just can't see him getting minutes and see what he's seeing poor effort out there and, and him continue to be, on the on the pitch it's just i don't think it's gonna happen
0: edgar how how much longer do you think of an opportunity he gets as he moves forwards and what were your overthought thoughts about uh sanchez i know you you know you made a comment when we first started the pod how he had a great performance so thoughts on him coming into the lineup against santos and what's his role moving forward uh based on one performance that you saw
2: all right, so with Quinones, I think he's closer and closer to just the end of the line. Uh, I mean, is going to slowly, or already should probably be the first pick over him Um, when someone's coming off the bench. I think right. he's just... Yeah, he's he's done. I don't really see him here after the season either. Yeah, Now, with uh, Sanchez-Purata, I genuinely think... Um, and again, it's really funny to me, so... Uh, during the transfer window, people were complaining that we needed a center back. that comes in. Uh, no one was really opposed to it, but a lot of the criticism was, oh, we need it, like it an all-star. We need a Unino, We need an Ugoyala. And I mean, I think I was one of the people who also agreed with that, but I think he deserved a shot. He didn't get it until now. From what I saw, he's willing to compete for the position. Um, a lot of people 180'd and immediately went to, oh, he's like, he is that Ugollala player that we were missing, which... I think after one game, that's a very, very optimistic statement. Um, I don't think he's there yet, but he's definitely so much better than Reyes. He definitely has all of the potential to compete for a position in the starting lineup. I think he did great. And I think if he does get the start against Vancouver, that's going to be the real opportunity for him to show that he's he means business.
0: Absolutely. Um We know the positive out of that game against Santos was probably a Brunetta performance. Lou, what do you think was a negative aspect about the game, even though we had a 3-0 victory uh, on the road against Santos?
1: I thought our midfield uh, was a little weak, and I'm not talking about our attacking mids, but our defensive mids. Uh, Gorriarán and Carioca were the two I think that I felt we weren't especially Gorriarán I felt like we didn't get enough production out of them. Backline was solid in my opinion uh, our attackers, our strikers were, were playing well. At times it felt like uh, like Carioca and, and Gorriarán were kind of losing the, the defensive mid-battle uh, at times uh, it It's hard to really point at anything when you win 3-0 three uh, and you, you, you're playing against the Santos team that basically was going to fire their coach right after the game. So, you know, it's a pretty beat-up team. You don't want to get too high or too low in games like that because uh, it's one of those games where where has had really the, the the major advantage going into it. So, to me, if anything need, needed to improve coming off that game, was, was Carioca and Gorriarán kind of getting more active and, and distributing the ball more. And it, it might be because Brunetta is – kind of taking over some of that role. But I, I would still like to see Gorgaran kind of having more production.
0: I it's so two things on that. First, um uh, the why I posed the question was because possession was 50-50 total shots. They had 13, we had 10. They had two shots on target. We had five shots on target uh one corner kick to their nine corner kicks and we had 28 fouls with five yellow cards so interesting stats for a 3-0 victory um uh, where you would think that we were the dominant team and which we were um i think that overall we were the better team and we obviously scored the goals but you talk about the midfield and you know sort of like not being the best at times and shows with the possession uh, reflection. And then you speak about Gorriarán. Um, I think one of the things that I, I love the player. I think he brings a lot to Tigres that we didn't have before, especially in that position. Um. He's also a fan favorite. He, you know, he, you can't, you can definitely count with effort and, you know, just grinding it out. Ball chase, you know, Gorri type game that Garra Charrua. The one criticism, and I think that you sort of alluded to was, you know, at times he does not get truly involved with the overall gameplay. Um, he's there almost like just doing a lot of the legwork in terms of pressing, you know, defending, also initiating play. But I think that. You know, at Santos, you know, especially when Brunetta first arrived, Nando was that 8-10 type of player where he was getting really involved with the offensive. And that's obviously due to the fact that he was at Santos. Uh, but here it we, we see a different type of Nando Guerrero than what we saw at Santos for sure. And I feel like he might struggle with that at times, but he knows that he definitely ha- has earned his spot based on the effort that he's definitely given every single night the defensive presence that he gives us and, you know, just the chasing around in terms of, uh, you know, being all over the pitch. So I don't know what you guys think about that in terms of Nando.
1: He had 41 touches for for a guy in his positions, a little on the low. You really want to see him more into the the fifties. And looking at his defensive work, he only had three recoveries. So not enough – he always brings effort. Like he can never complain about the guy. He's always moving. He, the motor is always running. Uh, he's, he's going all over the pitch. His problem is sometimes not being in the correct positions and then sometimes not doing enough to, to earn the ball back. And I think that was the case in the Santos game. And that's partly why we didn't have the possession that, that you mentioned where we normally have a little more possession in, in games where we, we win by that margin. And I think it's because he wasn't doing enough to, to recover the ball. And maybe it's a transition for him. He's going from, from more of an eight to now more of a five five role. And so that, that might have to be a mind shift where he has to think more defensively instead of trying to be more on the attack. And so hopefully we'll see him improve, and hopefully this is just a one-off. But I did notice that he just wasn't contributing enough during the Santos game.
3: For sure.
0: Um, any last additional thoughts on the game against Santos, fellas?
2: One interesting thing I noticed about Brunetta, uh, just real quick before we wrap it up. Uh, so obviously, he felt bad scoring against his former team, but there's pictures where after he scores, he can't help but smile and he's just so happy. And I thought, I mean, it was funny to me, but also interesting. I One think-
1: thing I want to add, um, Arnoldo, sorry to hog up the, the conversation, but I don't know. I, we looked really good on the offensive transitions. So that might be a play for us, with, especially when we have the younger legs, is every once in a while kind of sitting in a low block, letting teams come to us and trying to work some counters because our speed on, on some of those counters was fantastic. And, I mean, you saw the, the Brunetta score. It was it was just it was lethal, it was fast, it was on point. And I think with Brunetta there, his speed, his dribbling ability and having open space behind the back line, that could be that could be a tool. And I know we we've never been a countering team, but from what I saw in the Santos game, that might be a tool we we might want to utilize in future games.
0: And even if it wasn't a tool in the past, like it's good to have that diversity also to you know, beat teams a different way as a fan, you know, of the game, like just seeing your team, you know, show different styles of how to beat a team. So I'm with that. I think that that's definitely something to, to be looked at, especially when, you know, on that specific play, you had Brunetta and Linus, you know, have the assist. Nico in space also doesn't look terrible, um, you know, cause he, he he's definitely a powerhouse of, you know, he's trained moving with some speed. And then you have Marcelo Flores, who you can also throw into that mix. Ozil Herrera into that mix of counter. Uh, so I think that something definitely needs to be explored
3: there uh, a lot more consistently. Yeah, I was going to say, Lines really thrived on that opportunity on Saturday. And I'd like to see more of that just from his perspective, because I think that unlocks a part of, a, of his game that we frankly just haven't seen uh, since he switched over. Um, allowing him the the chance to have a lot of space and and seeing what he can do, um, so that that would be good for him as well. And I think that point about you know setting up in a low block, I think that's going to become important against uh, a couple of teams uh, going in later into the season. Looking at you, America. Uh, not that uh setting up against a low block against them is ideal, but that may be something we just have to like throw at them and just see what happens. Um just because you know with them they're so dynamic and they can do a lot of stuff. And so it'd be nice to kind of throw a wrinkle into what they think we are and exactly. try to beat them another way. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Um shout out Linus though. Great game. Eight uh,
0: rating on sofa score that assist for Brunetta uh was involved in the penalty. Uh the Nico Ibanez very gingerly and gracefully took that almost missed. Uh, too many games in a row now. I I know should you should have been you,
3: Brunetta. Should you, have been Brunetta. Yeah, so. that,
0: that would have been great for the hat trick. Okay, what, what's the deal? I mean, is that what we should expect to see? Or are they trying to keep him more involved? Because eventually Ginyank is going to come back just into the starting lineup. What's going on? Because this man doesn't instill confidence with his penalty uh, taking ability.
1: I think it's one of those deals where Sieversley doesn't want to pull the plug on him because he doesn't want him to lose confidence and probably doesn't want him, you know, it doesn't doesn't want to make him look bad. But to me, after seeing him take several, he I wouldn't want to see him in a shootout, for example, in a in a situation where the game's on the line and he's your fourth or fifth kicker penalty kick taker I would be I would be scared to death. How yep.
0: many PKs did we go to in the League's Cup? One against Vancouver for sure. And he scored. And he looked that was a good penalty. But did we go to another penalty shootout in the League's Cup? No, right? So that was the only one. Oh we talked no LA uh for the camp uh Campiones Cup. Campion's Cup. Shot a good PK there. Like Dennis and I, we were there, and like we talked, about, we were trying to guess who was gonna shoot, and you know, we t- we said him. In the Vancouver game, you know, we talked about who would shoot in the group thread. We all pointed to him, but these last few penalties that he's taken and the ones that he missed, it's just like, yo,
1: power. And he's going straight up the middle now every time. The last yeah. two have been straight up the middle, and it's just, you know, goalkeepers they they study this stuff so. Next time he's up and they, he tries to go up the middle, the, the goalkeeper's not going to move. So I'm just worried about him.
2: Yeah, no kidding. They have so no. many good options in the lineup. I mean, Brunetta's a good option. Córdoba's a good option when he's on the field. as a captain, I think is a good option when he's on the field.
0: Angulo, low is a really good penalty shooter.
2: Yeah, but instead, I mean, I think Lou's right. I think we're just sticking with Ibanez to oh. boost his confidence, but... I don't know a single fan who's comfortable with that. I said it uh, somewhere, either in the chat or on Twitter. Uh, He hits it the way a three-year-old hits a piñata. Like, it's scary. (laughs) It's terrifying.
0: That's great. Uh, After that game, we end up with 14 points uh, plus six uh, goals uh, in favor or difference. Ah uh, Monterrey's leading the league in fourteen points with plus seven. America plus seven with fourteen points, and then us fourteen plus six, and right behind us Cruz Azul, who we got upcoming next thirteen points. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good game because it's a good test. Cruz Azul looks a lot different under the new, their new head coach. They they play different. The the player um look different in terms of, like, attitude and, like, just effort. So I think it's going to be a good game. What are, what are we thinking about that game going into it, Dennis?
3: Uh, Get a draw because <laughs> they look really good. Their attack looks very potent, Uh, not just from – because Antuna has kind of been the, the one kind of shining light over the last year as far as their attack. But now everything just kind of looks really cohesive, like you just alluded to. So just get out of there with the result, man, because that's that's about all you can ask for on the road. Yep. Muriel
0: Antuna having a, a season there. I know we're not big fans of Antuna, but two goals, two assists for the Mexican. Uh, Gabriel Fernandez, El Toro, their new addition that they got from Pumas, two goals. But she's
1: out for the season now.
0: Yeah. Angel Sepulveda. Torres ACL. That sucks. That really sucks. And then Angel Sepulveda, the – you know, their last addition that they got the previous season out of Querétaro, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, Carlos Rodriguez, um, you know, having a good season. Gonzalo Piovi, uh, having a good season. Uh, Rivero always does really well for them. I think he's, you know, their consistent player. A lot of their fan base really likes him. So, um, got, got a good game to look forward to. Edgar, what are your thoughts going into it? Any the expectations, predictions about the game?
2: it's definitely gonna be a, a lot of aggressive football but it is gonna be a good game I think we're gonna win it's gonna be one zero and that's that it's it's gonna be a very close match ugly game yeah
0: Lou what are we thinking
1: I'm with Dennis I think it'll be a tie it's gonna be a tough game another I mean we've been on the road so much man I mean it's it's taking it's gonna take a toll on us I think a good one one draw is is good enough for us, especially given that this is probably one of the toughest teams we've faced so far uh, besides Chivas. So this will be an interesting one. We'll see what we're made of, but I think a a draw is is fair.
0: Yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I'm with that. I think a one, one, even a zero, zero, uh, I'm going to be probably okay with. I think it's just a game that, you know, you want to come out with a positive result, obviously seeking the victory. Um, I think this is going to be a really, really uh tough match uh to the end with America and Rayados, and I think that we need all the favorable results, and especially when we play against them. I think that, you know, we have to go into those games beating them because I think it it's going to be crucial to how we end the season. And like I said, you know, in previous pawns, I think it's very important to finish with the higher uh, ranking in order to get the home field advantage into the playoffs or La Liguilla.
3: I'm saying two two.
0: I two, think there'll be goals. All right. Fair enough. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you're right. You know, and Gignac in, in, uh increases his uh goal scoring record. Um, lastly, fellas, an amazing performance. Again, we're never gonna get tired of them. Uh, undefeated on the season. Uh Lou, I know you have that thread going, so it would be nice to have that thread revealed to us as we dive into Las Amazonas seven to zero. Um eight seven, zero. Eight zero. I'm um, see, I'm I'm tripping.
1: Asterix, asterix. They yeah. robbed us of one. Yeah. They robbed Tembi of one. That,
3: what a horrible call that was. Oh
1: my gosh. And Bro, the play was great, a, though. That's it not, was great. not even not even Bush League call. That
2: was terrible. Man. But but there was something really weird about that. Like I know we were up five or six at that point, but Mila Martinez or any of the players didn't fight enough like, with VAR to try to get that reviewed. Like no one cared. That that was because they they don't they don't review those anymore. Like they don't. I don't know what the deal is. With that. Like
1: they don't. They don't. I don't know, man. This is it's the referee needs to improve in, in the league for sure.
2: Yeah, it's but terrible. I did I mean it, it, to
1: me it's like you, you don't even need it for that man. I mean the guy was in line and it wasn't even close. Like
0: same thing happened in the Pumas game with the Blackwood go. The, the the line the line ref was way behind the play.
1: Well, that's what's sad about this one is that the ref was in the line and and it's not even like it wasn't even close, man. I mean it's like like 3 or 4 foot difference. <laughs> And uh, like, it's just, uh, it's bad, man. They need to start doing something to these guys, like suspending them, you know, put something on the line because, you know, I mean, this is, it's, I don't want to complain too much because we did win by a huge margin, but, you know, scoring titles matter and assists matter. And all, all the stats matter at the end of the, the year. So, you know, that to, to rob a player like them, be, I think it's messed up. And just for the,
0: fan perspective like you know the integrity of the game like do better yeah like great you're having a team who's fully invested into the vision of the league and they're doing everything in a very positive manner and like you rob them of a goal and all and like yeah like you said can't complain too much because it was a resounding great victory but at the same time, the team deserves better. The, the coaching staff, everybody who works hard day in and day out to seek those positive results. And a team like Tigres, who's done it from the get-go, it's just sad that the league does not invest in better referees. Or, you know, what they do is they debut referees, like, you know, on the women's side. And like, sure, everybody's got to start somewhere, but you the league has to be having more respectable officials in terms of, you know, managing these games because it's week in week out. Sometimes it favors us. Sometimes, you know, it goes against us. Uh, Normally it's more against us than you not. So it it just, they have to be better.
1: Shout out to Toluca though. I mean, they are a great team. I know, I know we, we skunked them, but man, they, they do, they did look great at times. There was several stretches of the game where they were actually taking it to us. So shout out to them. I think they're improving. They they looked very well coached. The movement of the players on the pitch was really impressive. I thought uh, their mid, their mids moved very well. They pressed very well. They pressed as a team very well. At, at times they made us look bad. I thought the first 20 minutes or so, they could have struggled to take control of the game and especially take control of the midfield. Uh, and it's because Toluca was was doing a fantastic job. And shout out to to Jana Gutierrez who looked amazing out there. I think if she keeps this up, it's not going to be too too much longer until she gets a call up to to the national team. I think she's she's vastly improved from from previous seasons.
0: Lou, as much as I would love to agree with you, I wouldn't be so sure about that because the way that they did Anika Rodriguez. I'm sure they could definitely do the same to Hanna. Aren't
1: yeah, you... and it, and it partly is because at that position, you know, the Araceli from Chivas, she's she's a really good fullback. Uh, so there, you know, it, there is some. I think there is a little bit of bias going on there, but if if Hanna continues to improve, man, there's no way you can keep her out. I mean, she's she's got she's got a lot of uh qualities that, that you look for in players she can also play multiple positions right and and her her crossing has improved and that's something that i feel like araceli from chivas doesn't give you she's not not like not a great crosser great fantastic defender but she doesn't have the ability to push up as much as Hannah and, and make decent crosses so i think eventually i think she's gonna have to get a shot
0: yeah couldn't agree more i think that the majority of the players at think it is feminine should be on the national team. I, I don't know how much politics going into that decision-making where maybe, you know, it's not a good look that eight players go from one team because that's, the, that's the amount of players that should probably be going every, every convocatoria, but excellent game by Hannah. Um, one thing that we can always count on is Mari Carmen Reyes yellow. Oh Yeah. Seventeenth <laughs> minute, she picked it up. Uh but uh Lou, you want to share your goal thread? Uh since you're doing you have a goal thread going for every uh match.
1: Yeah, so what was awesome about this game is that we had three players with the brace. So Hermoso two goals, Reyes two goals, mayor two goals, and then Ovalle with the long goal. So really impressive goal distribution there. And so for the for the season we've got Mayor at 10 goals, Hermoso at 4, Tempi at 3, Alison Gonzalez at 3, Ovalle at 3, and Reyes at 3. And then several other players with 2 and 1. But the goal distribution is great, just kind of what we thought about what would happen at the beginning of the season. We thought players were going to get involved and it's it's happened. Ovalle hasn't scored a ton, 3 goals, but her assists are through the roof, man. So She's contributing a ton. Don't let the the low or the relatively low goal count fool you. She's contributing a ton with assists. So shout out to her as well.
0: And so easily. 100,
1: 101 goals for Mayor. So that's another legend, legendary historic uh, goal scoring there because that puts her with Tomas Boy and Gignac categories of, of players who have scored above 100. So shout out to Mayor.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, adding on to that, like, one game, two games, that entire distribution can totally, like, move some players around. You know, you talk about Ovalle with three goals, Jenny Hermoso with four goals, one or two matches of Jenny Hermoso having some goals, or Tembi, like, that distribution can easily get a lot more expensive and a lot more deeper within the, you know, the diversity of distribution that they have going on, so... That's awesome, um, to watch, and I think they they feel so comfortable on the field, and I think that everybody's bought in to the role, even the players who are not playing as much. Um, like you know, Nancy Antonio got some minutes in this game, but didn't really, you know, hasn't been one of the top selections. Uh, so I think you know, positive, positive, positive. Everything's going for Tigres Feminino at the moment. I like one thing how... that
1: was. Sorry, Dennis. Go ahead.
3: I said, well, just really quick. I liked how Mila balanced the team out a little bit better uh, against Toluca specifically, because we talked about it a little bit last week with Cruza. So there was a little bit of some interesting lineup changes. I know Edgar, you were really harping on that last week. And it it felt a more cohesive unit, uh, more like everybody in their natural spots uh, against Toluca. And and I think that that went a long way as to how often we were creating chances and and making stuff happen. Also, I just gotta say real quick the the indirect free kick <laughs> goal. Oh, which is, That was totally oh, that was that was beautiful. That was and great. it got on out of context footy. So we have we have a win there. Anyways, go ahead, Lou.
1: Perfectly executed uh indirect free kick, man. That was awesome to watch. Now I just wanted to mention that you know we all thought Almost was gonna contribute in scoring, but one thing that's really surprised me is how well she does in linking up the mids especially the diff- defensive midst with the attacking mids. She she gave us a, a really big spark uh, against Toluca because we we did start out kind of slow and we did struggle to control the game the first 20 minutes. And she was the one dropping down to kind of get the ball, to distribute the ball, which it was surprising because normally Mercado is a player that does that, but she was able to, to drop down, get the ball, get other players involved. And I think she's going to be instrumental in, in these bigger games where, you know, we're, we're facing talented teams like America and Chivas and Rayadas. I think she's going to be really instrumental more so than we thought in other ways that we thought she might not be. Uh, and it's kind of impressive that she's able to do that. Uh, and, and her size allows her to really control the ball. You know, she's really strong on the ball. I noticed no matter how, how hard, uh, defensive mids try to get at her she's really good at hiding that ball from them so that's another another piece we've added that's just she was fantastic that entire game we we had a lot of players play really well but i thought hermoso was instrumental
0: absolutely i think she found her niche at tigres Feminina and she looks happy she looks like she's enjoying herself and she's scoring which is even better um, any last addi- additional thoughts um, Edgar on the feminine game
2: I mean touching back up on the lineup just a little bit uh, I think if she had come out the same way she did against Cruz Azul this would not have been a high scoring game this would have been a 2-0 at best so I really am glad with those changes
0: Mila, man, Mila's on a roll everything positive this year last yeah, surprising
1: year, last... after what she gave us last year
0: Yep. what she gave us last year and a championship.
1: We complained so much and she still won all the hardware available. Yeah. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, it's wild. So but that potential of the team's performances and also just overall form is a lot better. Even when we won the championship last year, like there was times where like it were there were ugly matches, ugly wins. And now the, the team just looks a lot more, you know, smooth in terms of, you know, their play style. And so I, I really enjoy that, like that I can count on a victory for Theatres, even at times, you know, without being so many goals scored. I, I definitely count Theatres from to win every game that they play. And I think that they do in, in fashion where maybe not the full 90 minutes, but at least 60 to 50 minutes, they're going to go out there and play good soccer with the other ones struggling, but still being the better team. So, um. Well, fellas, lots of information, lots to digest. Great pod. Um. First match against Vancouver for the boys.
1: Um. Tigres Femil gets Juarez, by the way. Tigres so Femil that'll be interesting.
0: Juarez, who, um. Like two or three weeks.
1: Yeah, this is the, after the the break.
0: Right. Um. So and then Cruz Azul again for the men on the weekend. So, lots of still games for Tigres from on, on the both sides. So, lots to look forward to. Um anything we want to close the pot on, any uh any shout-outs or additional final thoughts on as we part ways.
1: Let's go get it, man. I want a solid game against Vancouver for once. Let's not let's not pull an Alianza like you know, where we're struggling last minute to try to win it. So let's just – let's be decent. Let's be normal humans at this time.
0: <laughs> Dennis, anything to point out before we go?
3: May, uh, may Purata continue to carry the mantle of being Captain Calma as long as he's in there? Because I I noticed that over the weekend, and if he continues to do that, then uh, I think he'll, he'll have a surefire spot on the team.
2: For
0: sure, for sure. Edgar, send us off.
2: One more clean sheet for Nahuel. Something that I want. And may Purata help us get there.
0: Love that. Great, great, great last comment. I forgot that Nahuel had a clean sheet against Santos and how much those mean, especially moving forward after he broke the record. And a birthday. The record
1: keeps growing, man.
3: 38 years old, still going strong.
0: That's about wraps it for us. Um, When you get a chance after you listen to this, give us some feedback, follow us. Um, We'd love to uh, continue to grow this um, and get our brand out there. So give us some feedback, honest feedback for sure. And if you're looking to get on the pod, let us know. Um, We'll catch you guys next time.
1: Take care, everybody. Ciao.